insightforliving.ca, we have a wealth of solid, relevant Bible teaching to help strengthen and encourage you in your faith. In fact, our audio library contains hundreds of sermons from Chuck Swindoll. With the click of a mouse, you can listen to messages from series like Strike the Original Match, Biblical Parenting, and Searching the Scriptures, to name a few. Simply visit insightforliving.ca slash audio library and start listening. All messages in our audio library are available to stream on your computer, tablet, or mobile device. No downloading required. As well, you can access our 5-minute life track and our 1-minute audio devotional, Insights. Whether you're 19 or 90, there's something for everyone in our audio library. Visit insightforliving.ca slash audio library. That's insightforliving.ca. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the miracle that separates Christianity from any other religion in the world. On a Friday, Jesus was brutally crucified. His friends buried him in a grave. Three days later, under his own power, Jesus rose from the dead. Today on Insight for Living, Chuck Swindoll describes this quintessential moment in a message he started on Friday's program. Our study begins at Luke chapter 24, as the friends of Jesus rushed to his burial site. To their surprise, they discovered an empty tomb. Chuck titled today's message, Not to Worry, He is Risen. They find the stone rolled away, They find the body gone. Grave clothes are still in there, the wrappings. Verse 4 tells us it happened that while they were perplexed, the word means without a way. Without a way, they were baffled. They were puzzled. We have the word in our day. It's a colloquialism of our day. Clueless. They were clueless. What in the world has happened to our Lord? Two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling apparel. The darkness is now light, and the silence is now filled with the words of these angelic creatures. They asked, why are you seeking someone who is alive at a cemetery? Why do you seek the living one among the dead? It doesn't register. Until they say, verse 6, Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Remember that? And they're standing, these women are standing there, spices in hands, trying to remember, and it clicks. They get it. He's alive. No one has taken the body. He has, in the power of the living God, been raised from the dead. He is alive. 
Now, just as you would have done, they respond predictably. Verse 8, they remembered his words. Verse 9, they returned from the tomb and they reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now, don't you wonder what the eleven thought when they heard that? Luke 24, 11. When they heard what the women said, these apostles responded, Nonsense! Now, isn't that reassuring? Nonsense! John chapter 20. Two of them had their curiosity get ahead of them. And they decided they needed to go and check it out for themselves. Understand why they would say it was nonsense. In the passage I read earlier in Matthew, in the scripture reading, I was choosing that on purpose because Pilate had been visited by the chief priests and the elders who had said, we understand he's made this prediction that he will rise from the dead and it will be just like one of his disciples to come and steal him away and then announce there's been a resurrection. And the deception will be worse now than it was when he came and claimed to be Messiah. So would you please send a guard and seal the tomb? Pilate, with a wave of his hand, says, you've got your own guard. You make it secure. I've done all for you I'm going to do. And so they probably chose the temple police who would be determined no one would get into that tomb. And they sealed the tomb and they set a guard day and night only to be overwhelmed by the angelic appearance. And the body is gone. By the way, let me make this real clear. The stone was not removed to let Jesus out. It was removed to let people in. In his glorified state, space and matter were not obstacles. He had come out before the stone was removed. The stone was removed to let them see in. Which brings us to this case in John chapter 20. Verse 3, Peter therefore went forth and the other disciple, and they were going to the tomb. Verse 4, the two were running together. The other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. Now he's John, the writer, the man whose name appears at the top of this book. John, the apostle. He comes first. I want you to see three different sites that is Sights from the eye. John arrives first, and verse 5 says, Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. John looks in, sees the grave clothes, doesn't register. He sees that obviously the body is gone, but he can't put it together. Now, notice the next verse, verse 6. Simon Peter, therefore, also came following him, note that, and entered the tomb, and he beheld the linen wrappings lying there. Get out of the way, John. Peter comes up. Move. This is so like Peter. And he kind of barges in, and he beholds. Theoreo is this word. It's the word from which we get, we get the word theorize. Peter stands there. And he studies what he didn't expect to see. Sta he's standing here looking at what was once a body with wrappings, and now there is wrappings with no body. And he cannot figure it out. So John comes, verse 8. 
Then entered in, therefore, the other disciple also, who had first come to the tomb. And he saw, here's a third word. Here's a different word entirely. Look at this word. He saw and he believed. This term means to reason, to reason something out. Mental perception or realization as well as physical sight. In other words, it all fell into place. He stood there, standing by Peter, and it clicked. Peter, Peter, he's been raised from the dead. He's alive. <laughs> you know what I think those men did? They probably turned around to see if he was there. Happened to Mary, that's another story. When she thought he was the gardener in the, the tomb area and he called her by name and she knew his voice and knew that it was he. Peter and John are standing staring at the greatest record of a miracle in all the New Testament. And when you stand in places like that, you don't say much. You breathe a little heavier and your head swims a little. As John must have whispered to Peter, he is alive. And he believed. Now, I would love to tell you that uh, verse 10, the disciples went away again to their own homes. I'd, I'd love to say that every one of them became immediately convinced. Now, later they were. And when they became convinced, let me announce today, their entire personality was transformed no longer fearful, no longer intimidated, no longer reluctant or unsure or insecure. Now they were ready to make the proclamation to the world. And in fact, they died as martyrs in doing so. This resurrection changed their whole life, but it took some time for some of them. One example is Thomas, verse 24. John 20, verse 24. Thomas, one of the twelve, called twin, here it's rendered Didymus, he was a twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Jesus has made an appearance and Thomas wasn't there. He had not been to the tomb. Thomas was convinced it was over. The other disciples, therefore, were saying to him, we have seen the Lord, we have seen the Lord. The way it's written, it means they repeated it. We have actually seen him. I mean, Peter and John said, we saw the grave clothes and the, and the, and the, and the cloth around the head. And now the others say, we've seen him. He's, he's been with us. Thomas says, wait, wait, stop. Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You have a friend like that? Uh, it's okay. So do I. Not only do you have a friend like that, some of you are like that. Uh, not everybody is like the women who heard it announced, didn't even need to investigate the evidence. They left and they told the disciples, he is risen, he is alive. 
Not everybody has to be like Peter and John who have to examine the evidence and come to terms for themselves, having looked through the record and seen it. Some are like Thomas who say, I need empirical proof. I need tangible evidence. And so Thomas staunchly stands in his stubborn resistance saying, I'm not there. Let's not be too hard on Thomas. He's had a lot of preachers beat up on him over the centuries. Uh, every time you're asked to speak on doubt, Thomas is the guy you choose. I've often felt sorry for the guy. He couldn't even speak for himself as we take him to task. Wait a minute. Why wouldn't he? Because he is of that personality. That's just the way he's put together. And I love it that not here or later does Jesus ever rebuke him. We would. I mean, what would be our response if, if somebody said, I will not believe. We unload the truck on them. We give them books. We give them tapes. We give them music. We quote verses. We pray in front of them. I mean, how can you possibly live in such unbelief? Look at all these changed lives that worship on Easter Sunday morning. Wait, 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 wait. Thomas had seen from a distance and heard the crack of the mallet against the Roman spike that drove him to the cross. He heard him groan, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, why have you forsaken me? He heard that. He believed that. And then he saw him die. And he turned tail and ran, confident he had believed in a hoax. Don't give me this faith stuff. I walked in that for three and a half years, and I wound up with a dead Savior. Now, you say, well, Chuck, you sound pretty defensive of, of uh, Thomas. Look at verse 26. I love this. After eight days... His disciples were inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came and the doors having been shut and he stood in their midst. There's a case where he came through a closed door. He stood in their midst and he said, Shalom, peace be to you. Uh, and, and, and then he looks at, at Thomas. He said to Thomas, shame on you. No, no. that's what we say. He says to Thomas, here, reach, touch. Touch my hand, touch my side. Put your hand in my side and don't be unbelieving. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God, I don't even think he reached. Wasn't that gracious of our Lord? <laughs> Eight Days. <laughs> Will you give your friend eight days to doubt? Will you let him struggle for eight months? Will you let God do his work in his heart? Or, or, or do you intensify the pressure? Leave little notes on his dashboard. <laughs> Write him little unsigned letters. Drag him to church. 
Or do you let some days pass and let them hammer through their struggle? There's a, there's a great lesson here for the Thomases, isn't there? And for all of you Thomases, relax. No pressure. No pressure today. If you can walk into this tomb if we, as we have done and seen the grave clothes wrapped like cocoons with nobody, if you can see the changed lives of the women and then the, these disciples who believe, and if you can examine the evidence as we've examined it and still said, I need more, I need more, then God has a way of giving you more. He's never met his match and he's not stuttering around you. You don't keep him awake at night. <laughs> In fact, he never slumbers or sleeps. But one of these days, it'll dawn on you. And you will say, my Lord and my God. And like Thomas, you'll live your life for him. I, I often love the... Uh, the way uh, Peter Marshall puts things, so vivid. No tabloid will ever print the startling news that the mummified body of Jesus of Nazareth has been discovered in old Jerusalem. Christians have no carefully embalmed body enclosed in a glass case to worship. Thank God. We have an empty tomb. The glorious fact that the empty tomb proclaims to us is that life for us does not stop when death comes. Death is not a wall, but a door. Isn't that a wonderful statement? Why? Because he lives. Because when I come to death's door and I breathe my last, I move through a door from time to eternity with God. And I could never have done that had he not been raised from the dead. And as he lives, so we will live also. That is why Easter is to celebrate. Perhaps it will take a number of funerals for our Thomas friends to see it. Maybe it will take some series of disasters or heartbreaking circumstances or quiet Moments of solitude where their world is coming apart or they breathe close to death and they then hear his words, reach here your finger and your hand and believe. Marshall concludes, there is no death to those who have entered into fellowship with him who emerged from the tomb. Because the resurrection is true, it is the most significant thing in our world today. Because he lives, we shall live also. Not to worry. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's bow our heads together. Close your eyes. That's the message. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fears and worries are gone. 
because I know who holds the future. Life is now worth living just because he lives. If you've never made the journey from darkness to light, if you've never in your life said yes to these things you've been saying no to, today would be a great day to change it to yes. Today would be the day. No one in this place will tap you on the shoulder and ask if you've come to Christ, though we couldn't care more that you do. But this is a personal journey that you must make. Interesting, it was in small groups, often with individuals Jesus met. Just a few women. Just Peter and John. Just Thomas all alone. And that's the way it must be. Scripture states the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. <laughs> because he lives We'll be forever with him. Where will you be then? How will you face that future without him? Him who died that you might live. It would be wonderful today if you believe that you just tell the person next to you when we are dismissed, today I turn my life over to Christ. If you don't want to tell them, tell one of us down front. We would love to talk further with you about your walk with Christ, what it involves, how we can help you get there. Uh, you are Lord, our Father. Your, your Son has risen from the dead, and He is Lord. And we praise His name. We say, Alleluia, Alleluia. We lift our voice in praise to Him who reigns above us, who transcends all of life, who takes us on this journey from earth to heaven without wasting one day, one effort. Everything is calculated to bring us to him. Many of us have come that way. Many have not. And today I pray, Father, that you will sovereignly move in the hearts of those who've not yet believed. May we treat them with gentleness and grace and kindness as Jesus did waiting eight days before convincing Thomas. Give us the love and the patience and the faith to trust you to convince those who do not yet believe. But find us waiting, our Father, each day for that catching up in the clouds when we meet the Lord in the air. And now unto him who is able to guard you from stumbling and to present you without a fault, without a fault, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, be glory and majesty, dominion and power 
now and forevermore. And all the people said, Amen. It's possible today's message from Chuck Swindoll has piqued your curiosity about spiritual matters. Perhaps you are ready, as never before, to take your first steps toward God. Insight for Living has set aside a web page with a number of free resources. We invite you to read, listen, and learn at this webpage, insightforliving.ca slash howtoknowgod. Again, that's insightforliving.ca slash howtoknowgod. Chuck titled today's message, Not to Worry, He is Risen. And our prayer is that this study in John's Gospel has inspired you to learn more about Jesus. To guide you, Chuck wrote a complete biography on Christ. It begins with the birth of Jesus and finishes with His ascension into heaven. The book is called Jesus, the Greatest Life of All. You know, Jesus of Nazareth is without question one of the most talked about figures to walk the earth. And maybe He's the least understood. We believe Chuck's biography on Jesus will inspire you to know Him and love Him as never before. To purchase a copy, go to insightforliving.ca. Well, these days at Insight for Living, we're asking God to provide more partners to come alongside this nonprofit ministry as monthly contributors to the cause. We call them monthly partners. You know, we hear from so many friends who've been listening to Chuck's teaching for 10, 20, even 40 years or more. They often thank Chuck for his spiritual encouragement through the years. One of the best ways to say thank you is by becoming a monthly partner. As a monthly giver, you'll provide Chuck's teaching for someone who's brand new to this teaching ministry. To become a monthly partner today, call 1-800-663-7639. Or you can go online to insightforliving.ca slash partner. To send a donation in the mail, write to us at Insight for Living Canada, Post Office Box No. 8, Station A, Abbotsford, B.C., V2T6Z4. Hi, I'm Ned, star of Paws and Tails. Stop it, Ned. Hi, I'm Dave Carl, creator of Paws and Tails. My friend Ned and I would like to invite you to join us into the fun-filled town of... Town that I live in called Wildwood. Yes. Paws and Tails is an audio series from Insight for Living Ministries, the Bible teaching ministry of Chuck Swindoll. You are reading all my lines. Stop, Ned. (laughs) In Paws and Tails, we have tons of fun. Insert clip. You don't say that part. It's just... Oh, just insert clip. I have the best thing to share. No competition. Oh, she sounds pretty sure of herself. You could say she has moxie. Oh, moxie? I like it. We should work it into more conversations. My mom might have the baby this week. That is the most exciting thing ever. I don't know. Alphabet noodles are pretty exciting. Guys, <laughs> this is a new Baby, a brand new person is about to be born. I can't wait to meet your new little brother or sister. <laughs> Paws and Tails is just what your family's been looking for. Yeah, it's fun and full of adventure, but we're also doing some really great teaching, too. Paws and Tails is just what your family's been listening for. See what I did there, Dave? I, I do. Jo- 
Join us at pauseandtales.org where you can imagine God's love. I'm Bill Meyer. Join us when Chuck Swindoll describes a startling conversation between Jesus and two men hiking along a trail. Tomorrow on Insight for Living. The preceding message, Not to Worry, He is Risen, was copyrighted in 1999. And the sound recording was copyrighted in 2024 by Charles R. Swindoll, Incorporated. All rights are reserved worldwide. Duplication of copyrighted material for commercial use is strictly prohibited.